Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together, verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we are uh, in Hebrews chapter 10. We'll be uh, McGee puts us in um, back in verse 9, and we're going all the way over and completing it in verse 36 um there we'll probably um pull in um maybe even down to verse 39 as we go through so chapter 10 has been talking about christ's sacrifice once and for all and as we said yesterday um In chapter uh, 10, verse 9, Behold, I've come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. It's God's will that we have a way to get to Him. It's God's will that we have a way to be sanctified. It's God's will to have an even better promise, an even better priest, high priest, meaning Jesus Christ, an even better sacrifice for our sins, meaning Jesus Christ, one time for all. In other words, we don't have to re-sacrifice Christ on the cross every time we do something bad. That's God's will. God wants us to give us this sanctification and uh, we've been sanctified through this offering, and then we have our salvation in Him as we as we depend on Him to work out our life. So this sanctification process is from the blood of Jesus Christ, the offering of Jesus Christ. That's God's will. So then we see in verse 11, And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But Verse 12, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool of his feet. So that sacrifice... That single sacrifice of Christ is our sanctification, you know, during his sacrifice. And then that allows our pathway for our salvation. So what's Christ did? He did after that. He sat down at the right hand of God. He is there to intercede for us 
until his coming kingdom. Verse 14, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Verse 15, and the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us after saying, this is the covenant I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. He adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. This is a quote from Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33 and 34. This is the place in the Old Testament where... uh, God is referencing the coming of a new covenant. And I think it's, as I said yesterday, I think it's so neat that our witness to this is the Holy Spirit. We have a representative now um, to God sitting at His right hand, Jesus Christ. We have a representative uh, right here with us to the Holy Spirit. We have someone representing uh, us to God here, the Holy Spirit abiding in us. And we have Jesus Christ sitting at the right hand of God on our behalf. He's our witness here on earth, the Holy Spirit. So we're not just down here by ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit abiding in us. What an amazing, complete, all-encompassing promise. One sacrifice one single sacrifice for all of our sanctification and the testament the 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 um the witness to that here on earth is the holy spirit so verse 19 therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of jesus by the new and living way he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh in other words this Hope we have in Jesus Christ is confidence to be able to enter these holy places, to have access to God, to have um, the God uh, in heaven that hears us. Because Jesus Christ is sitting at his right hand on our behalf. We have his righteousness. We have been sanctified. We have his spirit dwelling inside us. We have this new and living way. It's by the blood of Jesus that sanctifies us. And that gives us, should give us confidence. And remember John chapter 14, verse 6, when it said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that's what this is referring to here, by the new and living way. Jesus is the living way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, that is uh, the blood of Jesus Christ that sanctifies us. And uh, as we continue, verse 21, And we have a great priest over the house of God. Jesus Christ is our great priest. He is our great sacrifice. He is our new and living way. Verse 22, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We have this confidence now that we can draw near to God with a heart that has been cleansed. We, can, we don't have to worry about our conscience uh, convicting us. We have now been sanctified in Christ. 
And the Holy Spirit is our witness to this. We can have humble hearts. We can have true hearts with assurance that we are okay because of our faith within our hearts. And this is sprinkled clean. It's washed on the inside and our bodies washed with pure water. We've been washed on the inside and on the outside. This, this water, this pure water, is a way of cleaning us from sin in one sense, and also uh, ceremonial ways. We've been um, purified, both ceremonial and in a physical sense. So he exhorts us, he encourages us to draw near to God. And then in verse 23, he encourages us to hold fast. Hold fast to our hope, the confession of our hope. So we want to draw near in our faith. Let us hold fast in our hope. So we have faith and hope here without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful. And then verse 24, let us consider how to stir one and up to love. It's faith, hope, and love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So this is an, this is, uh, an encouragement for all believers to draw near to God in faith, hope, and love. And as it says back in um, uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, Encourage one another, exhort one another as long as it is called today. And in uh, chapter 10, 24, we need to stir one another, stir up one another, or to motivate one another to love and good works. Verse 26. So again, verse 26, For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Okay? So if we receive this knowledge, if we receive the gospel message, the sacrifice of Jesus, and then reject it, we don't want it, we try to nullify it, then then we can expect the judgment because uh, it's been given for us. But, you know, to deny this, to deny what Jesus did um, gets you nothing. If you deny what Jesus did or belittle it or just say it's not worth anything, then God's judgment will be on you. And this kind of circles back to the original question that we ask um, back at the end of chapter 9. Where is your sin? It's either on you or it's on Christ. Okay? And if you accept what Jesus has done, it's on Christ. If you don't accept what Jesus has done, it's on you. Your sin's on you. Verse 28 again, anyone who set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. 
How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who's trampled underfoot the Son of God and profaned the blood of the covenant? The Old Testament law would not save anybody. And if you tried to break those laws, you know, you, you, would, you would be subject to, to God's wrath if you break those laws or reject those laws. But he's saying how much worse if you reject what Jesus did and profane the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified. <clears throat> so if you, if you profane what happened uh, to you through Jesus Christ's death, you're just uh, null- not only nullifying him, but profane his sacrifice for you. How much more wrath will you um, be entitled to? <clears throat> and they even say it stronger and outraged the spirit of grace. So to deny what Jesus did after you know him and belittle that, you're really misplacing <clears throat> this holy, holy sanctification that Jesus did for you on the cross. You should not belittle that. That was a very, very um, powerful and sancti- very uh, righteous thing he did. That needs to be discussed with reverence. <clears throat> Verse 34, we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So this is something that everybody understands. I mean, everybody needs to understand that God will judge his people. And um, so we want to approach that throne with confidence, but also out of reverence and respect. And, you know, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So not fear of, you know, he's a monster or super bad, but a fear of how bad we are. And we don't even deserve to approach him. But we do have confidence that we can approach him through Jesus Christ. But we have to work out our, our own walk with him and our, and our own uh, salvation with him out of fear and reverence. Verse 32, but recall the former days. After you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, sometimes being partners to those so treated. Okay, so he's, he's now encouraging them to, to focus back on when they first believed in Christ or in other times, if, if, they're, not, if they're feeling like their faith is, is waning, Think back to when you were first heard the gospel. Because this is like a little journey in the gospel. Sometimes you're going to feel enlightened, but then sometimes you're going to have hardship. God never promises uh, that you won't have hardship. And so sometimes you have to endure, or you have to have a hard struggle, or you have to have sufferings, or being publicly ridiculed and to exposed to reproach, which means to being ridiculed, and affliction. You might have some disease or some problem going on because of your mortality, your mortal body. Okay, so everybody's going to have something, 
a struggle, a suffering, some type of ridicule, some type of affliction. For there's there, uh, thirty four. For you had compassion on those in prison. You sometimes you were you were enlightened. Sometimes you had to endure and persevere. Sometimes you have compassion on others, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession. So sometimes when people are taking advantage of you, and you say, "Oh, you know, I deserve better. I have something better." But you know that you yourselves have an even better possession than even that. So if somebody takes advantage of you, you just think about what you have, not what you think you've lost. You have a better possession and an abiding one. One who is abiding in you and you in him. That's Jesus Christ is your better possession. 1 John 4, uh, 4 verse 16. So we have come to know and believe the love of God. Has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. And as Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You have a better possession, the love of God, the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ abiding in you, and you in him. That's your better possession, an abiding possession. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence which has a great reward. So if you have to endure stuff, struggle, sufferings, reproach, afflictions, don't throw away your confidence. Four, verse 36, you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. So, There'll be times when you need to encourage one another and there'll be times when you need to endure with one another or possibly alone. But everybody needs to be able to have endurance. We need to endure this walk in our salvation to receive what is promised. What a wonderful um, reading here today to encourage us in faith, hope, and love, to encourage, to stir up, to motivate one another. Where is your sin? Is it on you or is it on Christ? If it's not on Christ, it's on you. And to remember that you have a better possession, a possession that abides in you and you in, in Him. So I hope this was helpful to you. It's a great study. I really enjoy it. So now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Can't wait to hear what you've got to say today. God bless you all. We'll see you next time and keep your hearts centered on Christ. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 9 all the way to verse 36. This section, we see the division is made between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So that's the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. So verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 10 reads, Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. So when Christ died on the cross, the veil was actually removed. So men were not to come to God by the blood of bulls and goats, you know, like sacrifices in the Old Testament. 
as scripture states, but because the ultimate perfect sacrifice was made in the person of um, Jesus Christ, you know, because the Lord Jesus Christ provided the ultimate perfect sacrifice when he died on the cross. Verse 10 goes on to read, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So Christ died once, only once. And it was that ultimate perfect sacrifice. And um, he died for everyone. So that sacrifices are ended. So there are no more sacrifices. So he took away the first so that he might establish the second. So the old covenant was um, made up of law and the law made many details it actually had many details that had to do with sacrifices and there were ten commandments and there were other commandments that were given so they were rules that were given so I'm just gonna read through from verse 10 all the way to verse um, 18 and scripture reads by that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins so that was the Old Testament the law they sacrificed blood, the blood of bulls and goats that could never take away the sins they were just a cover-up they could never um, you know take away all our sins they just made a covered up that's why they were repeated over and over again but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down at the right hand of God. So he sat down, not that he was tired, because his work was complete. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he had said before this is a covenant that i will make with them after those days says the lord i will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds i will write them then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds i will remember no more now where there is a remission for these there is no longer an offering for sin because we have that ultimate sin and the holy spirit also witnesses to us so we're now in the age of grace where we have the holy spirit the third godhead that witnesses to us and we're indwelt um, with the knowledge of the lord jesus christ so we no longer have to go on offering sacrifice after sacrifice Verse 19 goes on to read, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So the first privilege here, you know, when we, you know, because we are all um, priests um, in the word of God. And when we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it comes with a privilege. That's we can walk and approach our Father in boldness back when there was law. You can't just approach the Father, you know, just like that. 
uh, he had to offer a sacrifice and all, but now, you know, there is the Holy Spirit that witnesses to us, that helps us, you know, understand the word and have that knowledge. And then we have an assessor, an intercessor, sorry, for us, who is our mediator. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a living God who is seated right now at the right hand of the Father. So we, this is a privilege that, you know, we have as uh, believers. We can, um, you know, we can go in boldness and enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. In the Old Testament, only the high priest could enter the holiest of the holiest in the temple. But now, in the tabernacle rather, but now, we can actually approach our Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20 goes on to read, By the new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. So here, you know, how do we actually get to the Father? You know, when that veil was uh, rent and twine, you know, it was when Christ was crucified on that cross and it indicated that the way to God was open. Now we could approach God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So the life of Christ saves no one. It was through his death that we are actually saved. So through the veil, the veil that is the flesh, his flesh, that we enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ. And this is called a new and living way because we have a living God. So, you know, it's, it's, it's new, newly slain. Um, you know, the crucifixion of, of Christ, we can't say, you know, it's old and all. No, um, it's a new way. It's a new and living way because we have a living Savior. And Jesus Christ has opened up a new and living way through his crucifixion. So the old sacrifices won't help us so we don't have to go through the old rituals and the old sacrifices that's in itself denying that Christ actually came and died for us so verse 21 goes on to read and having a high priest over the house of God so he mentions you know here another privilege first the first privilege we have is you know, approaching the holiest of places with boldness. And then here, the new, the other privilege that we have is we have, you know, an advocate, a mediator with the Father, and that's Jesus Christ. So this is an invitation to both, you know, the saved as well as the unsaved. And Jesus Christ's sacrifices never become old. Verse 22 goes on to read, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So here, you know, when Christ offers himself as a sacrifice and the veil in the temple was torn into two, this is what we were to do. So we ought to give a dedication to God that enables us to draw near. So real faith is acting upon it. And not just having a knowledge of faith, not just saying, oh, yeah, 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 I have knowledge, I read the Bible. No, it's actually acting upon it. That's real faith. You know, it's like in the olden days, Dr. Jimmy Gee gave, gave an example where Moses was sprinkling water, like that was setting aside, sprinkling water on the priests, setting them aside for the purpose of God. So real faith is just not about 
you know knowledge it's actually acting upon that knowledge so receiving jesus christ as our personal savior so faith is action based on knowledge so faith comes by hearing as scripture says so let us trust christ and we are all priests and have every right to actually come to god we can go to god on our own through jesus christ we don't have to depend on a priest the father or someone else to do it for us it's just up to us to sit and um, study scripture as you know we have the holy spirit you know by uh, but the holy spirit also witnesses to us you know to, to to let that holy spirit indwell us in order for us to actually understand the word of god verse 23 goes on to read let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful so let us draw near to god and hold fast our confession of faith because we have a hope for the future we can come near to god in the full assurance of faith because god remains true and god is faithful verse 24 goes on to read and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works so we need to do some good works for god you know our conscience needs to actually be stirred up our conscience needs to be bothered it needs to be troubled that you know we're not doing anything for god you know that is you know the beginning and and, and of, of, of you know us headed in the right direction in the right direction and the right by the right direction i mean you know there's only one right direction that's the direction towards our lord jesus christ verse 25 goes on to read not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching so believers you know need to gather together and not bring each other down let's not have you know the pull me down syndrome we need to draw together in love around the person of christ we need to exhort each other and you know studying the word of god together so let's we, we need to share the word of god and god won't let us grow unless his word is actually shared because you can learn a lot through you know what other people actually understand you know as the saying goes christianity is not a selfish religion you know sharing is caring share knowledge and you grow in the knowledge of christ so we ought to draw near in faith toward god we are to draw near in hope for ourselves and we are to draw near in love for others so there's faith hope and love so the faith is um, drawing it towards God and the hope is drawing it for ourselves that blessed hope that we look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and we need to draw near in love for others because love is not love until it's actually shared and expressed towards others verse 26 goes on to read for if we sin willfully after had after we have received the knowledge of the truth there is no longer remains a sacrifice for sin so we have here the fifth danger that is the signal of you know the peril of despising that's the the the, the danger signal so this means to go back to the sacrifices that's what this is talking about you know after christ had come we you know it's like you go back to the sacrifices even if christ has come he's offered the ultimate sacrifice so we are acting as if you know he had 
not died for our sins at um you know at all and we are attaching no value to his death at all and um if we turn to second peter um chapter 2 verse 21 it reads for it would have been better for them not to have known the way for righteousness of righteousness sorry than having known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered to them so you know some people you know they only make a profession of faith in Christ and um you know they were not born again and they pretend that you know they were and they kept going to the temple so it, this was being addressed to the hebrews and they kept offering sacrifices even if they knew full well they had the knowledge they knew that christ came and died for us so they were not trusting christ that he had come and died on the cross and this is willful sin so in other words there is nothing between you know for them there's nothing between the sacrifice of christ and his coming but it's just judgment so christ is not coming to die again he's not coming to um tackle the person of sin there is judgment that's coming and we've been given the opportunity to actually know christ today so are we believing in him or you know are we going back willfully sinning to their sacrifice verse 27 goes into it but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries so if christ dying you know if when he died 1900 years ago more than 1900 years ago was not adequate enough then you know there is nothing that will be adequate in the world for you and me so that the bloodshed of christ has to be adequate enough for you and me because if it's not then there's nothing that's going to be adequate verse 28 goes on to read for any of anyone who has rejected moses's law dies without mercy so this was written to the hebrews the writer was explaining that's Paul was explaining um, anyone who has rejected Moses' laws dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. So, you know, this was under the law. The law, you know, condemned. That's what the law did. Verse 29 goes on to read Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be? Do you suppose will he be thought? worthy who has trampled the son of god underfoot counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace so you know this is like well a solemn statement in you know the word of god that you'll find anywhere in the bible you won't find it anywhere in the bible and um it's more of like to treat the death of christ you know, in an inadequate way to settle the sin question and to go on as if he had not died. You know, it's the same as treating the blood of Christ as a um, despised thing. So privilege creates responsibility. You know, with light comes responsibility. And if you've heard the gospel and turned your back to Christ, you know, the Bible says it, you're going to hell. And that's the Bible that actually says it. Verse 30 goes on to read, For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. So 
So God will judge us no matter who we are, no matter what status we have in society. He is going to judge us. Verse 31 goes on to read, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But recall the former days in which after you were eliminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. So, you know, if you're going to come out for Christ, then come out. Don't stay hiding because he's going to be ashamed of you when he comes. So the proof of our faith is in our lives. How are we living our lives today? How are we living our lives today? Verse, scripture goes on to read. Verse 33. Partly while you were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven so here you know if you're going to come out for Christ come out for Christ and you know there is a lot of tribulations and trials you know for being a child of God you know it's not popular to be a child of God to Christianity is not popular today and you will face um, persecution and tribulation but just know you know nothing is too small or too big for God to handle God cannot give us more than we can handle verse 35 goes on to read therefore do not cast away your confidence which has great reward so here Paul's not talking about rewards the rewards of trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ you know he's talking about confidence and confidence is that boldness you know the privilege we have to approach our father verse 36 goes on to read for you have need for endurance so that after you have done the will of god you may receive the promise so here there's a promise a future promise a future hope for you and me and um here paul is talking about patience you know as a child of god have patience you know how long how long christ is coming how long so you know let's endure as we enter into the new year let's have you know let's come out for christ and um you know he's brought us this far 2020 so yeah this is today's teaching thank you all for listening god bless and have a pleasant new year's eve I'm not sure if 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 I'